Welcome to Advance Your Art. If you are interested in making money from your art, using your artistic background to your advantage when switching careers, or if you are just plain stuck, you've come to the right place. Now let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yorika Talbo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or if you're just feeling confused about what to do next, you've come to the right place. Every week, I sit down with a creative entrepreneur to discuss the who, what, and why of their journey. If you like this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, share it with a friend. Today, I'm sitting down with Richard Schnitzel, who helps six-figure entrepreneurs build automation to scale. Richard, hello. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Of course. My pleasure. Uh, so, <laughs> Richard, for uh, I know I introduced you in, in a certain way based off of your profile, but for my listeners who are, who are not familiar with your work, how do you describe yourself and what you do? Yeah, so I describe myself as an ex-mechanical engineer and a lifelong IT and nerd geek uh, who has found their way into this niche of helping people automate their business and coming at it from a perspective of, if you know nothing about tech, there is a language that you might not necessarily understand or know how to use effectively. And when you go to have a conversation with somebody about automation, this thing that we see a lot of and we have a lot of ideas around and we think can be something really powerful for us, but we don't always know how to ask the right questions to get what we want. Uh, I have learned that I have this ability to have that conversation really effectively with other people and help you understand what the possibilities are. And if you say yes to something, what the outcome and the expectations of saying yes are supposed to be and helping you through that conversation. And then once I can get you to a place of understanding, I have a team that I work with who can implement on that vision that I, I help you understand and create through our conversations. Hmm, okay. Very interesting. All right. Um, before we get into detail, too much detail about that, um, I want to take one step back. So mechanical engineering, what initially made you interested in studying that? Well, I had uh, a couple good role models in my life of engineers. Uh, both my grand grandfathers were engineers. Mm -hmm. So I had a, a model of what that looked like. And going through school, I always enjoyed math and science. I didn't really like history and English and, and those things. And I was always really mechanically inclined. You know, if we had a, a project where I had to build something with my hands or create something physical, that's really what I enjoyed doing. And I, you know, when you're in high school and you're trying to figure out what to do next, you know, certainly the fact that engineers had the potential to make good money was <laughs> definitely in my mind at the, the time. But I, I think it was having somebody at that point to talk to a that did what I was looking at doing. So I could really go, okay, yeah, this makes sense to me. I get it. I enjoy doing it. I kind of, you know, I like working with my hands. I like that thought process of the, the puzzles of looking at a, a problem and the answer isn't black and white. There's a lot of gray and you need to figure out a logical solution to get from point A to point B. It always really clicked with me really well. Okay. Okay. 
So can you just tell me then about your, your journey? So, I mean, obviously you're not doing mechanical engineering now. So what was that journey like of, of studying engineering, becoming a mechanical engineer, and what made you want to then transition out of it? Yeah, so I did engineering for 10 years out of college. And I always worked for uh, smaller family businesses. You know, they were sometimes 10-figure businesses, but always family-owned. Mm-hmm. And I was doing everything from project management to sales to estimating to working in the field and seeing a lot of different aspects of business because it was family owned. You know, conversations were very open. If there were problems, it was communicated really well. It wasn't behind that kind of veil of corporate culture that you sometimes see. And through the course of those 10 years, one of the things I always did was I kept my ears open. Mm-hmm. So even if I wasn't involved with something, I was always listening to the conversations around me and thinking about what was going on and figuring out what my decision would be based off of the inputs and then seeing what happened and keeping my brain active in the background. And I started my business because I reached a point in that journey where I kept having a thought that my boss made a decision and I kept going, ah, I would have done that differently. If this was my company, I would have made a different choice based mm-hmm. off of who I am and the way that I would have, I would run my business. And I kept having that thought. And finally, I just went, you know what? I keep having this. Maybe this is the aha moment for me that I should go off and start my own business, try to you know do something on my own. And I finally said yes to that feeling. And I started in something that had nothing to do with business automation. I started with Facebook Messenger bots. Uh, It started about three years ago and Facebook Messenger bots had really kind of just become this new thing. You were starting to hear about it and the IT person in me found them really interesting. The mechanical engineer in me found them really interesting from a functionality standpoint and kind of, you have to make a choice at some point and that's what was really energizing me at the moment. So that's where I, I started off. Realized really quickly that I'm very bad at a critical aspect of making messenger bots, and that is writing copy. Mm. My schooling taught me to write lab reports and write in a very clear and precise language, you know, bullet mm-hmm. points and if then, then this type <laughs> language, which didn't translate at all to the type of language you needed for that marketing space. But I realized that what I was really good at was looking at an outcome that I wanted out of an experience and building the back end tech and automation to facilitate that, that experience in a messenger bot. And I would build something and I'd get comments from people saying, you know, Oh, that was a really cool. How did you make that happen? I, I like it. I thought of doing that, but I couldn't figure it out. What did you do? And I could sit down and I could explain them and I could show them, you know, we're, we're doing this. We're going out and getting this information from over here. This is how it's all set up. And they go, okay, that's cool. Can you build it for me? Cause <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but it still makes no sense at all to me. Mm-hmm. And I say, yeah, okay, great. I'll, I'll build it for you. And I just kept following that path. You started with messenger bots and then they say, well, can we look at this other part of my business too? You know, you're already automating this for me. I'd like to automate this other aspect as well. Maybe we should have a conversation around that and see if it makes sense for that. And I, so through those conversations, 
and doing something and then always taking a step back, especially in the early years of starting my business and going, what did I enjoy? What did I do well at? What did I skate through where I probably shouldn't do that again, but I made it work because I had to. And slowly fine tuning the direction of my business. And ultimately I ended up in the space where I am now of you know, general automation for business and, and helping people through that, that journey of going, uh, automation is cool. I think it'll help me, but I'm at square one and I want, I want to start, but I want to start the right way. I'd become a, a resource for people to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. So when you were first, let's say transitioning into your company, were there, were there books you were reading or people you were talking to or, or that transition to go from, you know, from employee to entrepreneur, what was that like for you in like the education and, and just like this mental space? Yeah, I think it was a lot of business podcasts. Um, I, I'm having a brain fart on what I was listening to at that time. Uh, but I can also say it was definitely pulling off of my history of seeing business operate before. Okay. Uh, I also have you know, one of the engineers who kind of influenced my going in that direction owned an incredibly successful business. And I internshiped with him for my summer internships while I was in school. Uh, so I, I had a lot of people in my family who had run business as well. Uh, and I had a, have a huge backlog of you know, kind of just understanding of what was going on, of listening to them talk. And that's really what I was relying on of decisions to make. And then a lot of it is just having the guts to stand up and make a mistake and fall down and pick yourself back up again and, and keep trudging forward. You know, I, when I started my business, I quit completely. I didn't go the route of trying to make a, a side hustle and grow it and then quit. And I, I just, I, jumped right into the deep end immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's part of my personality. I work better like that when I have that mountain I need to climb. Uh, so that was a personal choice for me, but uh, I think it was a lot of just you know, being very self-aware or as self-aware as I could be about the decisions I was making and being honest with myself after I made them of what the outcome was. Uh, if I, if I messed up being able to look at it and go, yeah, no, that, that was a bad mistake. You know, you shouldn't do that again. That was a misstep, but now uh, how do I learn from that? Right. You can make mistakes, but I try not to make the same mistake twice. I try to learn from it and move forward. Um, and certainly the early years as I was figuring out what I wanted to do was a lot of those missteps and going, okay, yeah, no, that, that wasn't the right choice. Uh, but here's what I learned. And next time this comes up, I'm not going to do that part. I'm going to keep this part and I'm going to add this new aspect over here on the right and, and see how that works. Yeah. So it's very interesting that you just, you know, you jumped from one to another. Um, I want to ask you about how you deal with fear. So a lot of people, the idea of just, you know, here's my, let's say full-time paying job. Now I'm going to try something that I'm not quite sure is going to then equal that amount uh, would be terrifying. And, and you did it very efficiently. So how do you approach like that decision and, and just in general, the idea of fear? Yeah. So for me, fear is always about uh, understood and mitigated risk. So when I started my business, 
when I was looking at that choice, the first step was I still have a degree in mechanical engineering and an incredible resume of working for people and doing a really good job. So mm. worst case scenario, I do this, it falls flat on its face. I will go get another job somewhere as an engineer. I might not necessarily enjoy it, but that is an avenue that's open to me. I can always you know, say, okay, great try. Maybe I'll do this again in the future, but I need to go work for somebody, make a, a steady income and kind of reset my life, right? So mm -hmm. I, I understand what my worst case scenario is and I'm comfortable with what that might seem. And then I'm also breaking that down into the other cases. So in my case, yeah, when I quit, I was fortunate enough to have a second mortgage that I had as a buffer when I started my business. Okay. So, you know, it's not surprising as an engineer, I, I broke it down into steps and understood that, okay, I have, you know, I have three months where I don't have to do anything. I can just figure out what I'm going. And then if I have, you know, a thousand dollars a month starting at two months, this is my runway. I built a spreadsheet out to tell mm -hmm. me you know, where I am in relationship to that worst case scenario. So for me, the fear is it exists, but understanding how afraid I'm supposed to be given the inputs that are going on and definitely because of the way my brain works, trying to put numbers to that fear, trying to figure out a way that I can quantify where I am so I can look at my emotions around something, but then I can also back test that off of, okay, yeah, you might be really scared right now, but if the business folds tomorrow, you still have six months of runway to figure it out. How confident are you and yourself to figure it out in six months? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm still really confident. Okay. I might be afraid, but I have a logical path to move forward through this. And for me, if I can find that logical path moving forward, it diminishes my fear, or at least allows me to understand where the fear is coming from and kind of work through it and past it. Okay. I gotcha. That's good. Good to know. So let's talk more about then your company and your process. And so let's say, you know, the someone, a listener comes to you and says, I am interested in, you know, automating what I'm doing. What's that process like? And, and what do you focus on early on with, with your clients? Yes, I would say it depends on where they are in their journey of automating their business. And then I have a couple different paths I can send somebody down depending on where their personal headspace is. So, Sometimes we get somebody who it's their first time automating something. They have no automation in their business, or maybe they've used Zapier to automate, you know, a really simple workflow, but that's the only thing that they've done. Uh, I'm not going to attempt to throw them into the deep end with me because I'm going to lose them. I'm going to make them afraid. And they're probably going to look back at the automation and go, oh, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to go through that experience. And so for somebody like that, it's around finding something that's going on in their business, usually a pain point that they have that's really front of mind that I can say, okay, if I could automate this sequence for you and it's going to take me five hours to do, is that beneficial to you? And it's, it's relatively simple from a workflow perspective. There's not a lot of inputs and outputs, you know, linear flow. 
and I can get them to start the momentum in their journey to go, okay, now I get it. I did this thing. I'm starting to understand what questions I need to ask. I'm starting to understand what the outcome is and how I interact with this after the fact. So for me, that momentum is key, right? You're not going to step up to a car and instantly be able to push it at 20 miles an hour. You have to get it going slowly and slowly and slowly. And then once it's going, the momentum you've already added is only going to benefit you. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of that side of the coin. And then there's another side of the coin where I come in contact with somebody who has done a lot of automation, who has a fairly good grasp of what the possibilities are. And they have a vision in their head of, okay, I, I want to automate my company. I'm, you know, they're usually in the mid six figure range. They have a lot of processes in place. They have a lot going on, but they have some good bones to their business and they're looking for that next level up. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you're in that space, then I can throw you in the deep end with me and we can work for four months together on a you know, weekly basis, one-on-one to really design out the perfect system in your business, automate what we can, document what we can't so that you are up-leveling the, the operations that you've already built. Uh, automation is a multiplier when you add it to your business. Meaning if I throw somebody who's new into the deep end and we build bad automation, all it's going to do is magnify all of the negatives of what we built because we didn't have an effective conversation because we couldn't, right? Because our languages were too different at that point to Mm -hmm. really have a good understanding of what's going on. Mm -hmm. But if you are able to jump into the deep end and swim with me, the we're going to magnify everything to the positive. And you're going to look back and go, oh my God, okay, I can expand my business by 25% next week. And I don't have to hire anybody. It's not going to take me any more hours. I've just found time and efficiency in my business. And I'm doing that without detracting from my product. There's no negative side effect of, you know, well, I'm losing a personal touch in my business. We can maintain all of that and still give you that you know, 25, 30% uptick in your ability to do business. Hmm. So I'm, I'm curious with what, you know, the clients you've worked with so far and what you've been focused on, are there particular aspects of someone's business that make more sense to automate than others? And how do you know if somebody's actually ready for that automation? Yeah, so you're ready when, as it, you can get a phone call from somebody and they can ask you a question about what a process is supposed to look like Mm -hmm. and you can just tell them, right? Which means that you've identified the flow of your business to where something doesn't change, you know, 80% of the time, right? You figured out, how all the cogs have to work to bring your product about. What I don't want to do is work with somebody who's very new and we're going to build something. And then next week, they're going to realize that they need to make a change because then we're always just going to be chasing our tail. So you need to be able to define that process and kind of get to that moment where you can have that conversation or have that moment where you go, ah, God, if I didn't have to do this, right. I do this the same way. Every time I've been doing it that way for the past three weeks, if I could, make this quicker because I'm doing it all the same. That would be really cool. That's that moment where 
something's ready to be automated. Okay. Gotcha. And there's, I guess, you know, cause you handle a lot of different areas. I mean, is it, are, are does it matter if it's, you know, marketing versus sales or any of that above, or your company kind of covers if, if the client is in, in a position where they've already got system or a, let's say step-by-step -step process set up, you can just automate that process. Yeah, we, it's not specific to the part of the business. You know, a lot of people start in the sales side because okay. we are bombarded a lot by sales automation, right? Mm -hmm. If I have a thousand leads, I need to be able to handle a thousand leads and I'm you know, bringing in 10%, I wanna grow, which means I need to make contact 2000 leads. There's no way I could physically do that. I can't grow my team that much. I don't want to. So I need to automate that. Mm -hmm. right? It comes out of a lot of necessity. But the same logic that we apply to those situations can also be applied to the rest of the business. So for me, I, I break down the business workflow into five steps, which is you get your lead, you make your sale, you onboard that sale, you give them the product that you're giving them, and then you offboard them. And we can automate any part of those steps of the business, as long as we have a workflow that we can define and articulate to have that conversation around, okay, now that we know what we're doing, why we're doing it, who's doing it in the company, how do we remove aspects from that workflow and automate it so they can just focus on the points that we need a human doing, right? What are those personal touches that they need to be giving into the business? And let's let them focus just on that and automate out all of the you know, mundane tasks of uh, send, telling somebody that they finished a task or you know, creating a Google folder or you know, moving somebody to the next stage and then having to you know, have a 15 minute conversation with the next person to inform them of what's going on. Right? That information flow, we can automate out so they just focus on what they're supposed to be doing that brings the most benefit to your business. I'm so I'm curious how your company has um, evolved or changed during COVID. I um, mean, did that affect you in any kind of way? And, and what kind of things have you picked up or learned, if anything, along the way? I, I, it definitely affected us, but it affected us in the positive. Um, <laughs> COVID forced a lot of people to look at tech in a very different way. Mm -hmm. uh, and through using it, to be less afraid about having a conversation around it. And through that, you know, they then get introduced to the word of automation and go, okay, well, I, I, you know, I was really afraid of this before, but now that I'm doing it, maybe now's the right time to have that conversation. So it, it definitely was a benefit to us in terms of sales. I think that what's changed for me in the business is in the past, I could always trust that if somebody was coming to me, they were much farther down the path of understanding what automation was because it was a little bit more niche. Mm -hmm. You had to have a greater understanding to even you know, have the, the need to have a conversation with me. Uh, and now I need to be more conscious about understanding where somebody is in their own personal headspace and journey of understanding how to ask me about automation. So. I tend to ask different questions now so I can understand, okay, how much do you understand about what you're asking me to do? And maybe I should be almost not selling myself a little bit sometimes 
right? To see what your reaction is. If I if I give you the cons and you're not phased by it, that tells me that you have a certain level of understanding. If that really freaks you out, then going back to the discussion about fear earlier, if I give you a con and you can't see the logical reasons why that con is a concern, but here's how we deal with it. If you don't mm -hmm. automatically go to that spot, then I need to be the one to help you to that place. And that's kind of become more of a responsibility on me to be ethical and responsible and to provide a, a good service. And that wasn't always a requirement pre-COVID. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And so how, how is your company then evolving um, coming out of the, the pandemic and, and actually how are you automating and scaling your own company? Yeah. So uh, I guess my business has always been pretty highly automated um, given mm -hmm. that I, I am in this space, but I am, I'm focusing a lot on the back end. I think I, you know, I also suffered from always highly automating the the sales and the the front end of the business, and then relied on a lot of manual process on the back end. Uh, part of that was because COVID necessitated that I hire employees. I had always kind of done it on my own, and then the growth of the business brought me to a point where I needed to move forward and bring people onto my team. And as I have gone through the journey of figuring out what my workflow needs to be and doing that. Okay. I've been doing this for the same way for three weeks now. Now let's automate this process out. Uh, we now have a very highly automated backend for task tracking. Uh, we have a customer portal that's hundred percent automated off of our ClickUp for stage amount of time complete, you know, what the, the progress is. Uh, all of that's reported out to get harvest for time tracking updates go into our Slack channel. I have a, when I need credentials from a customer, they send it into the portal and it automatically comes back into our ClickUp. You know, so a lot of little things that build on top of each other. I refer to automation a lot as building with Legos. Mm. You can build an Eiffel Tower with Legos, but you do that one block at a time. So stacking these blocks on top of each other as I've you know, slowly evolved my business with my team and making it work more and more efficiently as I've defined what the, the process is. So um, that's kind of the automation side. And then the, the progression of my business is I'm now actively trying to figure out how to help people through those initial steps of automation when you first come into the space as a lot of people are right now. Uh, so I'm working on kind of building out a course that my hope is that if you're very new to this and you need to build your vocabulary and get a framework for how to have a conversation either with someone like me or someone like me. There are a couple people who I know who are in the same space, you know, giving you the, the tool set to do that. So you know, both a automation done for you side, but also recognizing that I'm in a position to also teach people about how amazing this is and to make their experiences with it when they enter into it, a positive thing and trying to remove those first couple negatives that you might have if you're just trying to swim on your own. Okay. So Rich, with everything that you have done and experienced, what would you say has been the best advice that you've ever received? 
so I, I've certainly received a lot of advice, but the one that I think is most prescient to me in this moment is you're supposed to be afraid. Right? If you're running your business or starting your business and you're not afraid about what you're creating, that it's not going to work right, or that it, it's going to be received wrong, that's an indication that you don't care about it. Right? So if you care about what you're doing, you are naturally going to have some level of fear around putting that out. I'm certainly experiencing it right now about the course, right? I'm building out this whole thing. <laughs> I have a lot of hopes that this is going to help people out, but I'm also afraid that I'm going to launch this and it's going to fall flat on their face. And right, this is something that truly comes from me. So I'm afraid of that, but understanding that that's a good thing and that's supposed to be there and never really goes away, right? You're going to be afraid about different things as you grow your business and, and learn. Uh, but reminding yourself that it's supposed to be there uh, was advice that I was, I was given not too long ago. And it, it's been hugely helpful for my journey. Yeah. Wonderful. So Richard, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, chat with me today and let us know more about what you're working on in your, in your company and, and just how entrepreneurs can automate. If the listeners would like to um, sign up and, and contact you and learn more about what you're working on or, or just follow you online, where are the best places they can go to do all of that? Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn at forward slash Richard Schnitzel Jr., uh, we also have our website, richardschnitzel.com. Uh, and if you're interested in kind of starting the journey down automation and looking for a framework around how to have that conversation internally, you can go to richardschnitzel.com forward slash five steps. That'll take you to my guide where I talk about breaking down your business into those five stages and starting to build a framework around having a conversation around automation. Okay, wonderful. Well, I will put all of those links in the show notes so people can click right through. Well, again, thank you so much, Richard. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Thank you for listening to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you like this episode, please remember to give us a five-star rating, like, and share with a friend. Our theme music is written and mixed by Chicago-based composer Ryan Black of Blackbones Collaborative. To listen to the full catalog of our episodes, go to advanceyourart.com. To see what I'm working on or book a time with me or buy a copy of my book, Be Left Behind, go to yurikataldo.com. Thank you so much and have a great day.